You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Cardinals for Tuesday, November the 2nd of 2021. I am Lucas Smith, your host for the show at LJ Fastball on Twitter. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, which is getting close to 300 subscribers, that is right here below. You can see it there on the screen. So be sure to tell your friends to subscribe to the YouTube channel or if you're listening on your podcasting platform and you'd want to see my face and uh, watch it on YouTube, head over to Locked on Cardinals on YouTube, getting close to 300 subscribers. Thank you for the support on the YouTube channel. You can also follow along on your favorite podcasting platform each and every day, Monday to Friday, Locked On Cardinals, where it's your team every day. And here, it's your team is the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to start looking back at the season that was at 2021, looking at our review processes for the season. We're going to start with the starting rotation. Because if you know me at all, if you're a longtime listener of this show or a listener of the show in the past, there's a good chance you've heard me talk about the starting rotation. There's a good chance you've heard me talk about pitching and the fact that I love pitching. Pitching is the name of the game for me. I'm in the state of mind that a good offense is going to beat all right, good pitching is going to sh- good pitching is going to shut down a good lineup more times than not. I love me some pitching. I love a good pitcher's duel in the game. So we're going to talk about the starting rotation today. We're going to talk about the positives, the negatives, give it a grade on it, and then we had some clips of a lockdown insiders uh, show yesterday on yesterday's show with Daniela Bruce and Gordon Beckham. Today we're showing the full lockdown MLB insiders clip with Gordon Beckham and Daniela Bruce, um, who recapping Game 5 of the World Series. We're going to have that full clip on today's show, so get ready for that coming up on segment number three. But first, let's get into our Cardinal content of the day, the starting rotation. When you think of the Cardinal starting rotation, you you, you think of Adam Wainwright, you think of Jack Flaherty. Later in the season, you think of John Lester, J.A. Happ. Lester and Happ stepped up big time. And I think that the, the, the narrative around the rotation is that this was a huge... Uh, they, they took a huge hit whenever they lost Flaherty, and it was... Detrimental to the rotation, which it was. It, it was when, when you lose your ace, obviously it's going to hurt. And I think that this rotation could use another starter. But when you look at the numbers, a couple of them are bad. But we're going to start with with the positives first. Some of the numbers for these, for, as a team, as a starters, aren't that bad. When, when you look at just straight up wins, wins and losses, and again, I know that sometimes wins gets a bad rap in a 2021 baseball game. But the Cardinals were fifth in the National League with 54 wins. The teams above them were the Reds with, with 55, the Braves, 57, World Series team, Giants, 58, National League West Division champions, and the Los Angeles Dodgers at 65. Dodgers won 106 games and were two wins away from the World Series. When you look at ERA, starters ERA, yes, was it high at 4.01? Absolutely. But you look at the teams ahead of them, the Mets were lower, but again, the starting rotation isn't everything, but I do just want to kind of point out that the Cardinals here had decent numbers than, than you might think. The Mets were ahead of them, but then you look at the Braves, World Series team. Giants, best team in the regular season. Brewers, really solid starting rotation. And yes, the, the difference between the Cardinals and Brewers is significant. Cardinals sit at 4.01, Braves, Brewers at 3.13. Point stands, the Cardinals were in the top six in the National League in terms of ERA. When you look at the average, it's still not that bad. They're tied for six with opponent batting average of 241. Where it gets dicey is the whips and strikeouts. We'll get into the whips and strikeouts coming up, or, and walks, I should say, coming up in, in a little bit. But I think when, when you look at the fact that this team lost Jack Flaherty in June, when the team was you know, playing pretty good baseball, they had pretty good 
April. They had a pretty good May, sitting in first place, pretty comfortable. Then they lose Jack Flaherty in the, in the Los Angeles Dodgers series in that first week of June. And we all know how June went. June was just detrimental to this Cardinal season, and it caused them to rely almost solely on a 17-game winning streak for, to make the playoffs. That is not a recipe for success when you have to rely on a 17-game winning streak. But well, let's take a look at how the, the, the starters' seasons ended up because when you look at the starting rotation standpoint, some of these numbers aren't that bad. We're going to start with somebody that we talked about an awful lot on this show and somebody who has been talked about an awful lot overall. We talked about it with Zach Silver on Friday. We talked about it uh, when we talked about the, the Cy Young conversation. Adam Wainwright. There's a really good argument to say that Adam Wainwright saved this starting rotation in his age 39 season. Last month of the season, he was 40. 32 games started, 206 and a third innings pitched. He had an ERA of 3.05, a FIP of 3.66. You want those numbers to be as close as possible. And a 3.8 war, according to fan graphs. Gave up less than a home run per nine innings. He, he walked just 6% of his batters, 21% strikeout rate, 47.5 ground ball percentage. The, 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 the dude was unbelievable. He was a stud from day, or I guess you could say from start three or four. His first couple of starts weren't uh, anything too big to write home about. But he was huge for this rotation. And, and other starters had good seasons if you really look into it. K.K. Kim had the second most starts of any Cardinal this season as a Cardinal. He had 21 starts, 96 and two-thirds of an inning. These are all as a starter. ZRA as a starter was 3.63. Uh, his war was 1.3. He had a walk rate of 8.1%. That's overall pretty solid numbers. And again, his ERA 3.63 as a starter was the second low. Or uh, as a starter was the second lowest behind Adam Wainwright of anybody who made more than uh, more than 15 starts. Jack Flaherty made 15 starts and he had a 3.3 ERA as a starter coming out of the bullpen a couple times. But KK Cam, I think had a fine season. I think that he, he kind of gets lost in all this when you, when you think of who really started well for the Cardinals. Yes, it was Adam Wainwright, John Lester, J.A. Happ. Those, those two guys had a f- overall very good stint as a St. Louis Cardinal. Wade the block, pieced things together as best he could in the middle of the season. K.K. Kim had some really nice starts. He spent a little bit too much time on the injured list, but there was a time during this regular season when I thought, wow, K.K. Kim needs... Yes, needs to be brought back as a starter in 2022 because of how good he was because of the limited amount of options. But now, I think after the moment's passed, you realize, okay, is that necessary? You've got Wainwright coming back. Flaherty's going to be fully healthy. You've got Miles Michaelis that that looked good closer to the end of the season. And Dakota Hudson, four guaranteed starters in my opinion. There's, There's four right there. One, two, three, four. You have four guaranteed starters, in my opinion, to start the season. They're all right handed. Would it be nice to have KK Kim as a lefty in there? Absolutely, but I don't think he's as a necessity as he was maybe in the middle of the season. But let's talk a little bit about Jay Happen and John Lester. Jay Happ with the Cardinals, 11 starts, 54 innings pitched. He had an ERA of four right on the dot. Uh, that's, that's solid. For somebody who is 38 season, his age 38 season, I think that we all kind of blew up when that trade first went down. Why are you training for Happ? Why are you training for Lester? They turned in decent Cardinal seasons. 12 starts for John Lester with the birds on the bat. 66 innings for him. His ERA was a little higher at 436, but he turned in some solid starts when he needed to. And so did J.A. Happ. I think that the best-case scenario, I talked about this with Corey Miller of KSDK right when the trade went down and saying, um, saying that the best-case scenario for them is, is for them to turn back the clock and drink from the fountain of youth, as Adam Winnert has done. I think they were able to do that. Those two trades, 
at least right now, I look at it as successes because they were helpful in terms of getting the wins the Cardinals needed to get down the stretch and make the playoffs. Was this rotation flawless? No, absolutely not. We'll get into the flaws and, and some of the, uh, the bad starters coming up here in, in segment number two, but I just wanted to highlight that this starting rotation, I think, wasn't as bad as people said it was, or people say it is, because they had some, some pretty solid starters throughout, throughout that season. I mean, you even had Dakota Hudson turn in a scoreless five-inning start uh, in the, uh, the last week of the season. So he, even he had a, a fine season as a starter. Came into the bullpen as well on win number um, in the second game of the doubleheader on that Friday series against the Chicago Cubs, and he pitched very well in that outing as well. So this starting rotation, I think, was able to piece it together. When you lose Jack Flaherty, that is a huge hit to your rotation, and I give credit to their starting rotation for being able to piece it together throughout this season. Was it perfect? Was it always jolly? No. There were times throughout the season through a stretch from where this starting rotation looked like it was brutal. And we'll get into that here in segment number two. I'll go give my grade on the starting rotation in segment number two. But I, I do just think that this rotation should get a little bit more credit than what they've been getting. That said, all of that said is still true. And I still think St. Louis should go after a starting a starting pitcher, at least in some capacity, next season or this offseason for next season. So we'll get into kind of the negatives and, and the poor performances of the 2021 St. Louis Cardinals coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. They are back and better than ever with a web interface that is brand new as basketball season is getting started. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head over to that new and updated website on your computer or on your mobile device and sign up today. If you haven't signed up yet, if you've been on the fence, I just want to tell you again why you should sign up today. Because you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up today. Just use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N Locked On to receive that 50% bonus. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and postseason for the baseball season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Cardinal starting rotation definitely had some clunkers in it this season. When you when you go by by straight up ERA, the highest ERA for a starter was first of all Daniel Ponce de Leon, who had two starts and six and a third total innings as a, as a starter, and his walk percentage in those starts was fourteen point three percent. So he didn't have a long track record. But then you then you go through the next um, the, the next two, and you've got Carlos Martinez and Johan Oviedo. Johan Oviedo, I think, did his best. He had, he had an ERA of 5.31. He walked 13% of his batters. Martinez walked 10% of his batters. I'm rounding up from 12.9 and 9.9, respectively. Uh, 82 and a third innings for Martinez this season. His ERA was 6.23. Uh, the Cardinals uh, don't, don't are not going to pick up the option on Carlos Martinez. I think his Cardinal career is done. He had a couple of fine seasons, an all-star appearance mixed in there, a couple of them. Uh, all-star selections, I should say. But he just kind of ran out of gas. So you definitely had some some starters in here that did not pitch well, and it was the walks that that really hurt this rotation at times. The big culprit of that, of course, John Gant. Fourteen starts, just sixty-four and two-thirds of an innings pitched, sixteen point four percent walk percentage, and this was a key 
overall for starters. The walk percentage of the St. Louis for St. Louis was 8.8%. And when you when you look at their WHIP, which is walks plus hits over innings pitch, so basically how many um, base runners the pitchers are giving up on average per inning, not counting errors, 1.29. That was eighth in the National League, so right at the middle of the pack. And then you go to to walks per nine again, 8.8%. Walks per nine was. Uh, the, the Cardinals sit at 12th in the National League at 3.38. And you combine that with the fact that they weren't striking out a lot of batters. When you look at their strikeouts per nine, that was also down in the National League. This one was last in the NL at 7.03. Nobody had a lower K per nine rate in the National League than the St. Louis Cardinals. And when you look at the entire major leagues, uh, with that uh, 7.03, the Cardinals were also dead last. So they were not striking out people and they were walking people at an enormous rate. Uh, because when you look at the walks per nine, relative to the rest of Major League Baseball, the Cardinals sit at 25th out of 30 teams. The only teams lower than the Cardinals are the Marlins, Reds, Angels, Pirates, and Royals. Not exactly teams you want to be in the same sentence as. So when you're not striking out people and you're walking people at that alarming rate, your starting rotation is going to struggle. And Martinez... I think they had some, some flashes of brilliance. He also had some really big clunkers. The start against the Philadelphia Phillies comes to mind. He just could not get anybody out there. This this rotation has had a lot of weaknesses throughout the season. I mean, here, here are the names of every Cardinal starter who made a start in 2021. John Gant, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Johan Oviedo, Carlos Martinez, Wade LeBlanc, John Lester, K.K. Kim, Jack Flaherty, J.A. Ahab, Jake Woodford, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaels, Dakota Hudson. That is 13 a lot of starters to make in one season for the St. Louis Cardinals. And yes, Dakota Hudson made one start because he was injured for most of the year. Daniel Ponce de Leon made just two starts. But everybody else made at least eight starts on the season. Wade LeBlanc made eight and Jake Woodford made eight. With Yohan Oviedo and Jake Woodford, I think they were rushed to the major leagues out of necessity. Last season it was necessity because the Cardinals needed arms. This season it was necessity because this rotation could not stay healthy. And when you have a rotation that can't stay healthy, that's a huge problem to have. Huge problem to have. This rotation I, w- was, at times, the major culprit. During June, they were the major culprit of, of, of the losing chicken. Yes, there are a lot of things, or the, the losing month. There's a lot of things that go into a losing month like that. But when this team pitched, they won. When they didn't pitch, they didn't tend to win. This was not a team early in the season, especially that was going to outslug you. This team was going to outpitch you, outdefense you, outrun you. Is how they were going to win, and how they won throughout the rest of the season. Yes, you had the 17-game winning streak. That, in my opinion, the offense was the biggest catalyst for because you had almost everybody get on fire at the same time. The pitching wins championships. We're seeing that right now with Atlanta and in Houston. The team that, you know, both these offenses are lethal. But this, so far, this. Uh, postseason, this World Series, I think the Braves have been able to keep the Astros hitters in check for the most part, which is why they have a 3-2 lead. They were able to keep the Dodger lineup in check for the most part, which is why they won in six games. The Brewers forgot how to hit, but that's also giving credit to Atlanta for shutting down the Milwaukee Brewer offense. Pitching wins in October. Whether it's the bullpen or the starting rotation, pitching wins that's why I think that if the Cardinals were able to get past the Dodgers, I liked their chances moving forward because they had they were pitching at a really solid level to close out the season. There were, again, points throughout the season where this Cardinal rotation was struggle-bussing. But in, in, in all honesty, I, I don't put too much of the blame on the season on the starting rotation. 
there's always room for improvement unless you're number one. The Cardinals were not number one, so yes, you can improve. Yes, I'd like to see the Cardinals go after a starter. Yes, I'd probably like to see the Cardinals go after a number, or excuse me, a left-handed starter because of the right-handed heaviness of that rotation. Is it a necessity? It's not a necessity necessarily, but I do think that it's important to have a couple different looks in your rotation because right now you got a lot of similarities. you got some two-seamer sinker action slider guys with Flaherty, uh, Michaelis and Hudson, you know, all all three of those guys are, are solid sliders. Hudson's got that good sinker. You got the curveball look from Adam Wainwright, but he also got a sinker. So you you go through a series where you see three very similar starters. That third guy is probably going to have um, a rougher start because the offense has seen the same type of pitcher for three days in a row. And yes, all three are different in their own special ways. Flaherty probably throws the hardest. Got the most wipeout stuff of them all. But still, the point stands is that you want some variety in your starting rotation. You, you want some differences, you want different looks, you want right, you want left, you want different types of right, different arm angles, things of that nature. So th- th- it can be true at both times that the rotation this season was not as bad as, I think it, it, it's given, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it's told. <laughs> this rotation was, was better than it seems. But at the same time, adjustments do need to be made and additions do need to be made. Uh, I think that, that, that that is just the nature of it. Um, but overall, when I when I look at all these factors, when I, when I look at it with everything, losing Flaherty, Wainwright stepping up, Kim stepping up at certain points throughout the season, J.A. Happ, John Lester stepping up uh, in certain starts to close out the season, especially J.A. Happ against the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's hard for me to give this rotation a bad grade, and I'm not going to give them a bad grade when I look at my, the offseason evaluations. I give this rotation a B. They were upper, middle of the pack in most of the numbers in the National League, except for a couple ones they were down. They won a lot of games for the St. Louis Cardinals, and I think Adam Wainwright's performance alone elevates them <laughs> a couple letters, or at least a couple of sections in the integrating process because of how good he was this season. Because he was dominant at times. Uh, literally unhittable. So my grade for the starting rotation is a B. A solid B. You know, not quite a B plus because you didn't have a lot of guys step up in Flaherty's absence, but a solid B because you did have guys step up and you did have outs recorded from the starting rotation and you had stretches where this rotation was very good despite the circumstances of injuries and every team deals with injuries don't get me wrong I mean the Mets lost Noah Syndergaard for a while they lost Jacob DeGrom for a while so every team deals with injuries the Braves are dealing with injuries right now with Charlie Morton and they're a win away from the World Series the Astros are two wins away from the World Series and they're without Lance McCullers injuries happen teams persevere but I just think that the Cardinals were were able to persevere enough to, for me to give them a B for the starting rotation, in my opinion. I've talked about the World Series a couple times. We're going to share the, the, the full Locked On MLB Insiders clip uh, with uh, Gordon Beckham recapping Game 5 from, from Sunday as Game 6 is tonight between the Braves and Astros, and I'll hop on at the end um, to, to, to give my thoughts on what they had to say. If you're watching on YouTube, it's going to roll right into the Lockdown MLB Insiders clips. If you're, watch, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, got a couple of uh, automated ads that, that will play before the Lockdown MLB Insiders clip. And again, I'll hop on at the end of the, the nine-minute clip to give my closing thoughts on the show as well. Uh, so again, if you're watching on YouTube, it's going to roll right into the MLB Insiders. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, a uh, couple of great sponsors to, to thank uh, that, that have their own copy and then get into the MLB Insiders clip. So, so thanks for tuning in today. And again, I'll be hopping back on at the end of uh, the end of the clip. Thanks, guys.
What's up, everybody? This is another Locked On MLB Insider Report with some instant reaction after Game 5 of the World Series here with Locked On MLB Insider Gordon Beckham. I'm Daniela Bruce. Gordon, let's get right into this. It was a game that definitely didn't lack action. And Houston went down 4 nothing early in the game with a Braves Grand Slam in the first inning. And that had to be... I don't, maybe deflating's not the right word, but it had to do something to their mentality right there at the beginning of the game. The crowd was so into it. What does that say about the mental toughness of Houston to be able to climb right back into this game? Yeah, I mean, when you see the, like, what happened in the first, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. wow, I mean, this game, this series might be over right now. I mean, yeah. um, and then one one thing I was thinking about when it was happening is the one thing it does do for the Houston offense is instead of playing scared, they had to come out and score runs. So it almost kind of flipped the switch in my mind with them. It's like, okay, we can't just try to skate by and and get a couple hits and find a way to win a game. It's like, we're going to have to slug our way out of this. And you almost saw the mentality change like immediately because they knew if they didn't go out and start swinging the bats and be aggressive, then they're not going to win this series. It's going to be over. Um, and the World Series is going uh, to the Atlanta Braves. So I, I kind of sense the switch um, on, you know, on the the mindset of the Houston batters. Like, we can't just, like, you know, play these nail-biter games. We're going to have to go get this one and really have to score some runs, and they did. I mean, it was a uh, uh, really good job by them not getting down, just continuing to uh, stick with their plan and uh, continue to just take it to the Braves. I thought their bats were a lot better. Um, today than they've been the whole series. I mean, their offense has been kind of quiet all series. And uh, today it looked like, you know, they, they lit a fire. I mean, that that Grand Slam kind of lit a fire under Houston because um, if, if, if they come out and they're like, oh, you know, like they hit a Grand Slam, it's over. I mean, they're definitely not doing what they did. So I think that just the mentality changed for them. It, they went from basically sitting uh, on the sidelines, like how do we scrape uh, a run or two to, hey, we've got to go score a lot of runs. Let's get aggressive and let's do it. And they did. And Dusty Baker making some changes to the lineup, which is bold in this scenario, an elimination game. Um, how Obviously it worked, right? So what did you see that actually helped Houston in this scenario? Well, I mean, you, they moved Bregman down. And, you know, it, yeah. I, I hear you when you say you're, it was bold, but at the same time it's like they hadn't been really swinging the bass well. So, like, the only option is, like, okay, are we going to just continue doing what we're doing? You know, definition of insanity, everybody knows it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why they switched it up. I think it was a good move. And you had Correa hitting third and then Gurriel hitting fifth, which is kind of normal um, uh, for Gurriel. But Correa moved up in the order. He had a good night. Um, and then Bregman moved down to seventh. I mean, it was the lowest he's hit since 2017, I believe. Um, so uh, I, I think that what it showed is that Dusty's not not afraid to make a decision um, that's going to help his ball club. And and Bregman uh, did well down there. I think obviously he's going to be grinding on his swing. I mean, he hasn't had as many swings this year as he has in years past. Um, so he's trying to find it right now. And World Series is just tough to find because you're facing great pitching and um, but he got through. He got a double today, and uh, and and started moving in the right direction. Um, you know, Alvarez is the one that's just really struggling in this postseason. And for Houston to win this series, he needs to get hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I was just going to mention too the Braves organist playing free fall in there at one point throughout the game. 
didn't work. Probably shouldn't go back to that. Yeah, they shouldn't. They they went to that chance. (laughs) That's right. It's the first time the Braves have lost a a postseason game, uh, you know, here in Truist Park this this uh, postseason. So uh, the organist uh, has been known to do stuff like that. Um, So uh, it backfired. You heard it here. I'm blaming the organist. That's right. right. Okay, um, Carlos Correa, you mentioned he had a good night. Maldonado also showed up in this game, and he had been struggling offensively. Just how big are those individual performances in – I mean, we're in the World Series, right, but in elimination games like that. Yeah, Correa's doing what he does, right? He's a really good athlete, and he's a great player, and and he kind of showed up tonight in a big spot to give his team a lift. But the bigger bigger impact is Maldonado because Maldonado is not hitting – he's not known for his hitting. He's – anything that he does is considered a bonus. What he does is – defense is his his calling. That's all he – uh, is really on the field for is to really manage the staff and throw guys out um, behind the plate. So for him to do something offensively really shows that, like, I, that's something they didn't expect. So for him to have three RBIs, uh, amazing performance in a, in a clutch game. He's beloved by his teammates. I mean, they talk about it a lot. So um, I think it was a, a huge lift, and it took some pressure off the guys that are – generally supposed to be the guys driving in all the runs. I mean, without Maldonado tonight, it's a one-run game, and you've seen what the Braves have done in close games. So game six will take place on Tuesday in Houston. Tomorrow will be a travel day. Tomorrow, Monday, um, will be a travel day. So an off day. Who does that benefit, Gordon? I don't think it necessarily benefits anybody at this point. I mean, I know uh, nobody really wants to take off days at this point. I mean, this is we're two two games away from deciding the the champion, the World Series champion, and uh, I don't think either team. I think they'd rather go to Houston tonight and play tomorrow. I mean, that's honestly how I feel. But you know, it's the World Series; you get an off day. I think that it's probably good for the Braves because. Uh, Houston's offense got kind of hot tonight, you know, give them a day off. Maybe there's a little bit of rust coming off that day off on Tuesday, but uh, it's definitely not good for Houston because they got it. They, they got rolling and now all of a sudden they got to, you know, they got to sit at home tomorrow and just work out or whatever at the field. So uh, I would say it benefits the Braves um, because they're, they've shown that they can come back after a loss and have a good, you know, a big game. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but I mean, Houston's been really tough at home um, throughout the, the regular season and the postseason. So we'll we'll see what happens, but uh, it's it's anybody's ball game uh, moving forward. If it was Houston's choice, they'd probably want to fly back and play the game right now in just a few hours. That's so right. That, uh, yeah, I can I can understand not wanting that off day, but um, so pitching matchup. What do you think we're going to see for Game Six? Well, you're going to get Max Free for the Braves. I mean, he's there. He's been their ace all year. He really didn't pitch well the last time he was out there, but he did give his team five innings um, of of good baseball to basically save the bullpen. So he's going to be rested and ready to go. I would expect that he would do better um, than he did the last time. And then you're probably going to get Luis Garcia. I don't know if you're watching the game um, afterwards. Uh, you watching at home, but uh, Dusty Baker, Baker said that they were thinking about going Urquidy, but since he went into the game, they're going to go for Garcia, it looks like, on short rest. Three days rest, young pitcher. Um, he can probably bounce back better than most, but he is a young pitcher, and uh, it'll be kind of uh, uncharted waters for him. So interesting matchup to see. I mean, the Braves would have the edge in terms of the starting pitching, but uh, this is anybody's game. I mean, and Houston's playing at home, and I'm sure um, – Minute Maid Park is going to be, you know, really, really loud on come Tuesday. 
So like you said, anybody's game this series has been very hard to predict, at least for me. I, I can't seem to grab, uh, get a grasp on it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But do you have any predictions for these last two games? How do you think this series is going to end? I, I thought I kind of thought it was going to end tonight. I mean, it just looked, yeah. seemed like the Braves had all the momentum in the world, and they hit that grand slam, and it's like, okay, this is their this is their year. And then the Houston does does what they do. They hit. They they uh, mm-hmm. they threw well. I mean, the bullpen was lights out when they came in, so um, pitched a lot lot tonight. And I, I still think that the Braves are just a team that's they're a team of destiny. I don't know. It's just they they've been playing really well. Um, they find a way to bounce back. I just get the sense that they're going to win. I don't know if it's going to be game six or game seven, but I just can't see them losing three in a row. All right, everybody. Well, we will have more on this series coming later this week as the teams travel back to Houston to decide on a champion. And for everything you need to know leading up to that, make sure you follow both teams, Locked On Astros and Locked On Braves. For Locked On MLB Insider Reports, this has been Gordon Beckham and Daniela Bruce. Locked On, your team every day. All right, big thank you to Gordon and Daniela for that report. Uh, I agree with, with mostly of what Gordon ha- had to say there. I do think that the, the Braves are going to uh, come back and, and not come back. They're, they're going to find a way to, to win this just because of how good they, they have been uh, throughout this postseason, kind of did, did not, um, just going against the grain, if you will, uh, proving everybody wrong that they, they are good enough to make this World Series. They're doing it without Ronald Acuna Jr., Junior, they're they're doing it with, with, with some guys that they didn't have at the beginning of the season, and uh, you know, I, my original prediction was Astros in seven. Obviously, still a possibility, uh, but but right now, I, I just think that the Braves are on their way to a World Series championship. So uh, make your make your second listen of the day either Locked On Braves, Locked On Houston, or Locked On MLB uh, with your pal Sully. Locked On Braves has been skyrocketing since Jack or Jake Mastiani took that thing over. Uh, so head over to, to that YouTube channel or that podcasting platform of your choice to listen to Lockdown Braves before Game 6 tonight on Tuesday uh, between the Braves and Astros World Series back at Houston. So uh, until I talk to you guys tomorrow, I'll be grading um, some more Cardinal or do, doing some more grading for the St. Louis Cardinals this season. We'll be looking at the infield tomorrow. Uh, first, second, third, short overall, the infield grading at their um, their performances, if the Braves do win tonight and they clinch the World Series, I'll probably push the, the, the uh, grading until Thursday's show. Uh, talk more about the Braves and the reaction of the series on tomorrow's show. Uh, but be sure to tune back in tomorrow and Thursday. Tune into both so you get best of both worlds uh, because uh, it's, it's good stuff here on Locked On Cardinals where it's your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.